Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is February 19th, it's 2019, and yes, we are going to talk some hockey on the podcast today. I am joined by a good friend, a longtime friend for me in the industry, one of my better friends in the industry. We don't get to talk much until baseball starts, but I'm really excited to have my buddy Paul Bogslight. You guys know him here on Rotor Grinders. What is happening, my dude? Not too much, Stevie. Glad to be uh, make my get finally here on the podcast. You know, it's been a while. You know, I know you've tried to have me on a couple times, and yeah, I'm glad it worked out. You know, NBA is a slow week. I heard you had a pretty good week in NASCAR, but um, it's good. It's hockey time for me. This is this is uh, this is the best time of year. You know, you look at you look at the NBA All Star break, and everybody, you know, you see all these guys trying, you know. NHL for the first time and I did it a couple years ago and now I've gotten to the point where I, I just I enjoy a couple days off like we went to Disney today my daughter turned seven on Wednesday so like we did the Disney thing today because they didn't have school and like I just enjoy a couple days off I, I'm getting a massage tomorrow uh, I'm playing golf on Wednesday like I'm using this time for me to just kind of relax and you know start looking at some baseball stuff but I'm sure you get really excited knowing that you get some fresh meat. You probably get bigger tournaments, right? Like I'm guessing the tournaments go up a little bit here during the All Star break. Yeah, I mean it's not so much about the fresh meat. I mean, you know, it is what it is, but it's more about the contest size. I mean, we don't really get contests this big. Um, you know, we've seen a bigger in the past, but still, I mean, this is this is if you're strictly an NHL guy. I mean, I'm not strictly an NHL guy, but I don't play basketball when football season's done and you know Sundays are my days off so I I like NASCAR but I don't really get into that but um you know these this is really the type of year time of year you look for when you when it comes to hockey because the contests are bigger yeah so you got you got massive contests up on DraftKings I'm sure FanDuel has some big stuff up as well you guys want to play maybe take Boggs advice go over to our sponsor site fantasydraft.com Sign up through the Rogerinders links. That way, you help us out. Um, you know, they are the sponsor of the podcast. They're making this happen each and every day. You know, we took a couple days off, but we're back, back here on the grind talking some hockey. They got some smaller contests up for hockey, so you're probably not playing against guys like Boggs or you know maybe Pepsi and these guys that are like these NHL sharks. And you play these smaller contests and you know turn a few dollars and uh, take what Boggs has to say here. I know Boggs and Pepsi has a Grinders live show. This is going to be like a first look for you. Um, that's what we're all about here on the on the morning grind. We're, we're here to talk some first looks. So let's get started. We start with Buffalo at Florida. Um, so we're looking at – this isn't a back-to-back for either team. I, I'm Okay, so really quick, just a sure. quick – really quick. I don't do hockey. I am not mm-hmm. here to do hockey. I am here to host – I am here to hopefully make Boggs laugh a little bit at my 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 terrible hockey stuff. But I'm here to tell you who's playing, tell you who the projected goalies are, and let Boggs do his thing. Maybe ask some dumb questions, make a fool of myself. Um, 
The one thing that I do like about hockey that I, I learned years ago is it's stacking. And I like to stack in baseball. So that's the one thing that like it draws you in. I just for me, I'm not a I'm not a degenerate. I don't need I don't need to play hockey while no basketball is going. So I can take a little break here. But just wanted to say that really quick. We're looking at Carter Hutton um, on the Buffalo side, and he is projected with a confirmed Reamer um, on the Panther side. Boggs, what are we looking at in this game? Yeah, this is a well, just to kind of give you a little bit of an overview of the slate, and it kind of drives me insane. You know, NHL, they should be capitalizing on the NBA All Star break. And we've seen, aside from tonight, where there's just, you know, it's still going right now, goals left and right. Um, the, the games on this slate in particular are, it's going to be a, a pretty tough slate, um, not to de deter anyone away from playing by any means but it's you know you got a lot of you know somewhat you know kind of boring type games just based on the way that they're set up the home teams and whatnot i just wish that you know just to kind of not take to digress but that um you know the nhl would you know schedule games that you know they knew would be you know a lot more high scoring but regardless um going back to this game um, it has some goal potential, you know, Florida, they're, they're, they're a strong team. Um, you know, they're, they've made some changes, shuffled up their lines. That's always difficult. Buffalo, a team that is, you know, not one that they're not a dumpster fire like they were in years past. Um, they've got a very good defensive system under, you know, Phil Housley, their head coach. Um, but they're a team that is different at home than they are on the road. And that's what we have here. They're on the road. So, you know, you could get some shares of, you know, any one of the, the top two lines in Florida. Uh, always, it seems that they're always highly owned. Uh, the top line for Buffalo with Eichel Skinner and looks like Reinhardt's back up there, at least as of this podcast. Um, that's, that's a line on a team you know, if you're looking at target potential that, that has some potential. But again, Florida, they're on home ice. They get to dictate the matchups. They've got, you know, two pretty good two-way centers. So, you know, I, I might you might hear me say this a lot during this podcast, but I think that this game is one that, you know, might not be, uh, you know, one that you really have to load up on for fantasy purposes. No, that's fine. I, I'm a noob, man. Like I, I want, I want the good games. Like I want that sneaky game. I want, I don't want a game that's gonna have defense. Like we want goals. Like we have these top-heavy tournaments. Like we want some goals. Uh, so that's fine. Um, I don't think the listeners are gonna be mad about that at all. Um, if I mispronounce any goalie's name or if I'm wrong about any projected goalie, I wrote this down like a couple hours ago. Uh, so. Yes, I'm probably going to mess up somebody's name, but if I have any of the goalies wrong, um, projected or anything, just tell me I'm an idiot. That's fine. Um, I'm perfectly okay with that. Steve, you, you can't even pronounce half the half of the MLB right. I can't expect you to pronounce <laughs> any of these guys in hockey right. Hey, you'd be proud of me, Boggs. I have I have started to go on the the, the YouTube machine, and I've started to actually try to pronounce these guys' names. I was getting so much heat about it that I just got to the point where I was like, all right. I'll take a few minutes and there's sometimes that I'll go learn a name and five minutes later when I'm talking about it on the podcast, I'll forget it already. So, um, right. never know. change, never change. 
Yeah, I got, I got to, what is that, hashtag brand, got to stick to it. Like, yeah. um, All right, next up, we got Pittsburgh and New Jersey, uh, the Devils. So Matt Murray is projected, and Corey Schneider um, is projected for New Jersey. Now, Boggs, I'm not a hockey guy, but I'm seeing here, like, a really good Pittsburgh team and a goalie for the Devils that looks like he stinks. Um, it, you know, I, I'm just saying, like, the guy, what, a, what a, almost four goals allowed per game, like 3.7, and he's 2-7-2. Two and seven and two. Like, against the Pittsburgh team, this seems like one of these juicy spots. But, you know, if I'm seeing it, that means a lot of people are probably seeing it. Yeah, um, you know, Corey Schneider, poor guy. Um, he was, you know, supposed to be an elite goalie coming up. Um, you know, dealt with some injuries and whatnot last year. Uh, and oddly enough, hasn't won since, you know, the middle of last year. Um, this one, it, it, it screens a trap game, but at the same time, the Devils are – you know, not in, uh, you know, any sort of a playoff position. They've been really horrible, more so on the road than at home. Um, it's a, a place where the, the, we always joke, us in the, you know, in the NHL DFS, we always joke that the scorekeeper in New Jersey just, you know, won't record shots on goal just to try and make it seem like a boring style of game, which is how New Jersey historically has played. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm not saying that this is going to be Corey Schneider's first win. I mean, it, it could be NHL has probably even more variants than, than MLB when you factor in all sorts of different lines and, you know, you know, pucks flying all over the place, but you're definitely on the Pittsburgh side of things here. I mean, they're obviously the much better team, you know, it looks like they're getting Malkin back. Um, they missed him previously. And if anything, this is a spot where I think maybe if you want to be, want to, you know, in a, in a tournament potentially pivot, you could. Um, but at the same time, it's pretty much all Pittsburgh here. I, I really don't think you got to mess around with New Jersey. They're missing their best player who basically carried them to the playoffs last year. So, you know, and they just really haven't getting anything going. I know they're back home, but uh, it, it's a tough spot here here for the Devils. And as far as Pittsburgh is concerned, you know, it's always Crosby, Malkin when they're on the ice. Um, the tough thing about Pittsburgh is, you know, you never really know where that scoring is going to come from. And you always want to really target their elite power play. But this is not a good power play matchup. If, you know, I want to give any hope for the devil. So, uh, you know, it's early, um, but I, I would, I would probably say at this point that the, the devil or the, the Pittsburgh penguins are going to be highly owned and, you know, it might be a spot to, to pivot in tournaments. So, all right. So the noob question, I'm going to ask a bunch of these. Um, if you're knowing like Pittsburgh is going to be popular, you know, if, especially like you're looking at the, this spinorama, 300k tournament on DraftKings that's paying 33% of the field to first place. Like, is this a spot that would you stack like the second second line to try to be different, knowing that they might score and maybe stack the second line, or is it just a spot that if you're going to take a stand, you take a stand, or is it really just too early in the day to make that decision? 
Yeah, you know, in NHL, it really depends. I and mean, I think that's where a lot of people, you know, kind of get lost at times. People think that, you know, at times it can, you know, they're, they're focused on minutes, but that's not how it works in hockey. Minutes don't equal production like they do in basketball. So, I mean, people would obviously gravitate towards the first line and, you know, Crosby's a household name. Um, but you dip down to that second line. And if it was a good power play matchup, which this one isn't, you know, you would you would see that you get Malkin and Kessel who are going to be on that top power play, whereas, you know, Crosby, uh, you know, Gensel could be up there, but it looks like another guy on the third line, Hornquist, who usually is up on that top power play unit, uh, would be there. So that's what the difficulty comes from Pittsburgh because they can they can score from all three lines. So you really want to kind of figure out, you want to maximize that potential. You know, we talk about that there are one-line teams, um, and that's not, you know, necessarily true, but we say that because so much production comes from that one line. Uh, Pittsburgh is not a one-line team, and when they're in a great matchup, and this is not a bad matchup, but when they're in a great matchup, it becomes difficult because they can break the slate, but you just don't know where that scoring is going to come from. All right. See, that's why we got that's why I'm gonna ask you these questions. Um, we do move on here to a team that I'm 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 somewhat familiar with. I get alerts every day um that they play, and that's Tampa Bay Lightning. I really only start watching hockey in the playoffs, and the only team I really care about is the Lightning. It's just I I'll be honest, you want you wanna know why I like the Lightning Bugs? Because they have this awesome lightning thing uh in the arena when they score. Um it's really cool. I can't even describe how it works or anything, but it's it's awesome. I love going to Lightning games when I'm down in Tampa. Uh, Tampa against Philly, uh, playing the Flyers. So it is a back-to-back for Tampa. I know this because I got the alert earlier. They beat the Blue Jackets, I think. Columbus, right? Like, hey, look yeah. at this. I, I know what I'm talking about here. I, I really don't. Um, so that probably means um, Domingo is going to be goaling for Tampa. Um, we'll put him as projected, I guess, on the back-to-back. And then Carter Hart uh, for Philly. Now... We we consider back-to-backs and three and four nights and stuff like that for basketball. Is this something, you know, Tampa looked like they had a pretty, you know, cakewalk against Columbus. Um, talk to me about this really quick. Yeah, so, you know, and this is just my personal opinion. I don't think it matters, uh, the back-to-backs, you know, and they have three and four nights in, in NHL. Um, so much early in the year, but we're in the second half here. And it, it really becomes, you know, how the game goes. And like you mentioned, you know, Tampa Bay, they cruised, you know, to to a victory tonight. But it looked like, you know, they got, you know, outplayed, at least, you know, in the first period of that game. Um, so definitely, you know, don't expect Vasilevsky because he worked hard tonight to be in the net. Um, I was actually – you know, damn, I was going to try and have you pronounce his name. Um, but, um, and, and that's the thing is uh, the backup, Louis Domingue, he's awful, god awful. He might be the worst goalie in the league. Uh, and they don't need a good goalie as their backup. They just need someone cheap. But, you know, that's near here or there. So this game is a one that is interesting. But at the same time, Philadelphia, and again, I, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but a lot of these teams you're going to hear me talk about. They're just not that fun when they're on home ice because they control the pace of the game. Philly, that's what they've been trying to do do all year. They've you know kind of come into a recent hot streak here, 
Um, but regardless, this is an excellent power play matchup, matchup for Tampa Bay. And they've got the best power play in the league. And if you've ever watched it, um, and you know, you don't even have to be a fan of that. It, uh, you can tell that these guys just are so damn good on the power play. So that's how I could see Tampa Bay opening up this game. But if Philly stays somewhat disciplined, you know, this is another spot where I think you can expect a, a home team that's high powered, high flying, you know, like a Pittsburgh Tampa Bay come into a game that just doesn't really, you know, jump off the page or really, you know, you might regret not paying up for the prices that Tampa Bay guys are, are, uh, are going for. So I, like I said, I know a little bit about Tampa. I know that point and Stamkos, they're both centers and they typically will play together on the power play. Um, you know, point he's come out of nowhere, right? Like this guy is just, he's legit. Um, yeah. uh, so like, is this an opportunity to like get exposure to two different lines plus the power play unit, you know, for like Tampa and, you know, they're expensive, but like, you know, you're getting exposure to two lines plus the power play. And if they do score three or four goals, like you're cruising, like, I'm just, Hey, like I said, I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm trying to trying to understand this as we go. Like I said, I played hockey a couple years ago, but nothing like you do. Um, that's why I brought on the best. Yeah, no, I mean, hey, this is fun for me too. Um, one day I'm I'm gonna reach out to you for an NBA tutorial, but uh, <laughs> you know, on a nine game slate, I don't typically like that strategy. You know, just targeting the power play. I know that I mentioned that you know if this game gets wide open, it's likely because Philadelphia gets undisciplined and takes some stupid penalties, where that Tampa Bay power play you know goes off, but. I would make a stand one way or the other. The bottom line is with this game is I don't know how Philly's going to match up with Tampa Bay. Um, you know, they've got a pretty good two-way guy. You know, we say two-way, a good defensive center that doesn't, you know, give up a lot of goals in Sean Couturier. Uh, I, I easily expect him to go against uh, your boy, Braden Point, and Kucherov, which has been the most lethal line. And, you know, Giroux. Connect me, Van Riemsdyk, to go against Stamkos and, and what is technically the top line for Tampa Bay. But I mean, the, the top line is the line with Kucherov. But regardless, so I can see at even strength this game not, you know, getting out of hand one way or another, aside from poor goalie, goaltending. Um, but at the same time, if Louis Deming is in net, uh, you know, Tampa Bay, they went through a stretch without their top goalie Vasilevsky for, you know, I think it was a couple, you know, three, four weeks and they got into these just shootouts left and right. So it, it it's a game that is definitely fantasy relevant, but, you know, I just, I, 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 I would take the, you know, I, I kind of need to wait and see uh, of what I think the, the ownership would be tomorrow because people don't like taking teams on back-to-backs. Philly's been much better. So for that reason, you know, I, I, I'm kind of indifferent about it all right now. No, that's fine. Uh, they got to check you out on Grinders Live on you know, Tuesday. When you guys are breaking it down, you have more of a better idea. So we're giving a first look like we always do. Rangers and Hurricanes. Um, Lundquist. Um, my dad's my dad's favorite hockey team is the Rangers. Um, don't ask me where it has come from, but – 
I grew up watching the Rangers because of my dad. Uh, I'm going to screw this guy's name up. I, I can already see that. Um, Curtis McKinney. Um, <laughs> right? I, I screwed it up, right? I, I mean, it, it's I've seen worse from you, Stevie. Okay. <laughs> as long as we've got worse, um, that's fine. McElhinney. Um, What are we looking at here? This this is a game that just right on the onset of things, I'm, I'm really intrigued, intrigued in. It's really one-sided. Um, you know, the Rangers are a team that, you know, all season long where they're on home run, they're just not a good defensive team. Carolina, on the other hand, is an elite offensive team. Uh, they're a team that often gets overlooked, especially in tournaments. Um, but at the same time, they get, you know, throughout the whole year, they've been, you know, kind of snake bitten um, by poor puck luck. I mean, this is among the, the you know, top five teams in just about every peripheral stat that the NHL, you know, we look for. Um, they just at times just can't find seem to put the puck in the back of the net. But I'm all over Carolina early here. I, I doubt that will change tomorrow. Uh, and you've, you know, Carolina, they've got, you know, two and a half decent lines. Uh, but really, it, it's that top line that you're looking at with Aho, Niederreiter, and Justin Williams. Uh, it really starts with Aho. He's been the best player. Uh, Carolina is missing, you know, an important one of those two-way guys that I just mentioned in, in Jordan Stahl. But um, they, they still continue to put up a ton of shots on net. Um, and Lundquist, your boy, uh, your dad's boy, uh, is he's not elite like he used to be. Uh, and, and he doesn't get any help in his own de defensive end. So it's really all Carolina here. You can target their power play. They're not necessarily that great on the power play, but um, I would just focus on one of the top two lines. If you want to get cute, look for some value. You got a guy in that third line, Svechnikov and Martinuk, um, that you can formulate a mini stack around uh, for some cheap exposure. But – this is a spot where, you know, Carolina, they're on home ice. They dictate the matchup, and more importantly, they dictate the pace. And I think they could easily run the Rangers out of the building here. All right. Moving on, um, the Blue Jackets and the Canadians. Um, Boggs, I'm going to need your help with this Blue Jackets one. I could not find – I know they're on a back-to-back. -back. They played Tampa on Monday. I could not find – if they would, if they use a backup or who the backup is. So you can help me with that one. I know it, it's projected to be carry price on the Canadians. I found that, um, like I said, I was looking at this two, two hours ago and they were, I think they were even still playing. So, um, fill me in on what we're looking at here and, um, who could potentially be the goalie for blue jackets. Yeah. So, you know, the blue jackets are kind of an enigma. Their, their coach is, um, I mean, he's just a dick. Uh, his name's John Tortorello. We call him Torts, and you don't know what he's ever going to do. But he, oddly enough, started the backup uh, tonight against uh, your boys. Uh, so that's what threw me off. Yeah, and so I was looking at this like I was looking at this dude like JF uh, Bar Bar Beard Boob or whatever. Like, uh, yeah, I was like, this guy has this guy even played a game? I was that's what threw me off. All right. Yeah, so I mean, lost it my looks mind. like I don't know if it, who knows what they're doing, but bottom line is their starter is Bobrovsky, and he hasn't been great this year. But 
you know, he's still their number one guy. And it looks like he's going for this game here in Montreal. And look, I mean, they were on home ice. They, sh- they probably should have tried to win that game against uh, your boys there. But, um, you know, hey, this is a spot where I think, you know, you might want to get some exposure to, to Montreal. Montreal, kind of like Carolina, I just got done talking about their team. It kind of goes overlooked at times just because they don't really have any household names. There's no Crosby's, Stamkos's of the world. Um, but another team that shoots a ton, you know, drives play, has, you know, dominant puck possession numbers. And it's a spot where I think that you can definitely maybe expose, you know, a, a Blue Jackets team that, you know, kind of shit the bed on home ice in their last game. So I have a little bit of interest in Montreal here. How much yet? I'm not quite sure. But um, this, again, I kind of need to gauge how I think the ownership will be in some of that goes on Vegas, some of it, you know, just by, you know, how the team played in the recent, you know, recent game and, and especially the, the night before. But um, Montreal, definitely, you can target them. Uh, I wouldn't go crazy with them, but uh, I'll say this. I like Carolina more than Montreal. Or it's- All right. No, it's May. Learning something new every day. Um, thought we were going to see a goalie that never played before this season. Um, so learning new stuff every day. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs, St. Louis Blues, Eric Crane's team, right? Isn't he a big Blues fan? Um, Fed Frederick Anderson and Jake Allen, um, are the two projected, neither one confirmed yet. Um, what are we looking at here in this game? Yeah, so this is this is a game that another one of these games, uh, I can I keep saying it, but uh. People are obviously high on the Leafs this year. People think that the Blues uh, are toast, but the Blues, you know, and give uh, give Crane some credit. He's been a fan through and through. Uh, they're rolling. Um, I think that they've won like 12 or 11 of the last 13 games or something like that. Uh, and, you know, the Leafs, while they're, they're, they keep rolling themselves, this is another game that I think is a potential trap game. Um, again, I won't go crazy here because we've seen some things that I didn't think we'd see even tonight, but, um, it's just the blues, they have some confidence and I think that's what they lacked all year when they were losing games left and right. They suffered poor goaltending. They brought in a rookie who's, you know, pretty damn good. Uh, the Leafs, they're on the tail end of a long road trip. seems like they want to get home. Uh, I just, I'm not seeing this one from the onset of things. You know, the numbers will obviously tell you something different based if, you know, upon the way you looked at it. But uh, the Blues, they they just keep winning. And uh, the Leafs, again, I you know, I was really high on them the other, the other day, night when they were in Arizona. It was basically a home game for them. They probably had 75% of that building, which wasn't full, uh, Leafs fans in there. You know, Austin Matthews, American kid, he's from Arizona. Uh, and they were they were expecting to go wild, but the Leafs just didn't show up. Uh, that's not typical, but at the same time, the way the Blues have been playing, I, I I'm right at the moment right now not not excited about this game in general. All right, um, you know we gotta give we gotta give Crane some love. You know yeah. it's it's like you know I'm a Magic fan. Like our team stinks, but you gotta be that fan. Like you still gotta you gotta root your team on. You gotta. 
you know, how bad did Boston stink for how long, like before they won a World Series? So you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta root on your teams and just be happy, and you know, eventually it will come around. Hopefully, so um, for Crane's sake, I hope the Blues come around. But we move on to. I lost my my tab here. Anaheim and Minnesota. Um, so I had John Gibson, but when I was looking at the Vegas site, they had out. Um, I don't know, like maybe you could talk on this more. Maybe he's gonna play. Um, and then I'm gonna screw up this guy's name. It's Devin Dubnik. Um, th- I, was I close? It, that's actually how I say it. Uh, but <laughs> technically, it's yes. Dubnik. But I, hey. I, yeah, I'm stubborn there, so I just call him Dubnik. Yeah, perfect. Hey, if I'm on Boggs' page, we're good. Yeah, so yeah, this is this is my team, the Ducks. Uh, they've been uh, it's been a wild season. I mean, they started out hot, and no one expected them. They've dealt with so many injuries, and then they just went into free fall. Um, but they showed up in their last game. This is a game I think can make and break tournaments. To be honest with you, and uh, believe me. I, as much as I'm a homer, people will tell me, you know, I, I love my home teams, and especially the Ducks. I think this is kind of a letdown spot. I mean, they had a big retirement ceremony in their last game for former defenseman Scott Niedermeyer, uh, you know, and they came out and they showed up. They beat the Capitals. I don't think anyone saw that coming. This is a spot where I think, you know, maybe Minnesota could, you know, kind of really take advantage of the fact that, the Ducks, you know, don't really have a structure going on. I mean, their their GM, they fired their coach, and then their GM just decided, I'm, hey, I'm going to start coaching, and he never coached before. So it's interesting. This is a game, I, like, again, it, it worries me. But at the same time, Minnesota is a, a strong defensive team. Um, they are among the best in the league, to be honest with you. They don't give a lot of, a lot of scoring chances. Um, but they also they're missing their best defensive center who's out for the year. So I I don't see my ducks going in to Minnesota and you know lighting up the wild in a way where you want to target the ducks and you know at low ownership. But I think Minnesota at potentially low ownership, depending on their lines, um, because that that's a fluid situation. Uh, could could ultimately pay off. And as far as Gibson's concerned, um, you brought up, I, I, I honestly don't even know about that. Um, as far as I'm concerned, he was still, he was still banged up, but if he's, if he's a net, then this is probably not that fantasy relevant, but um, if he isn't, you know, then I think you can maybe target some wild at low ownership. All right. Um, I've known Boggs long enough to know, even though he's a homer, he's going to give you the best advice possible. Um, so not worried about you being a homer whatsoever. Um, so we got the Predators and the Stars. Uh, obviously, a bunch of Nashville Predator fans um, in the RG office. Um, Rennie against Nabadobin. Ah, close enough, right? Um, what's that? Qdobin. Hey, close enough. I, I'm, I'm, you know, we're doing all right here. I think you're trying to go with a hobby bullion. Hey, like, I, that, okay, so I, I, I'm not crazy. I knew there was a guy at that name. Um, so is Nashville good? Um, I, I don't know. Is Nashville good this year? I know they were good. Was it last year or the year before? Yeah, they're they're good. Um, 
Sure we have to that. we have yeah. to like go in Slack and they're like talking about it all the time and like I yeah. want one of those hats though like anybody that's listening that's in the Nashville office um they only sell them at the arena they have like smash on the top like I want one of those um not in Predators colors just the you know you know <laughs> made black and white <laughs> yeah like black and white um, yeah even better red and black um Boggs what are we looking at here um in this game. See, this is another game where, well, to be honest with you, I mean, to answer your question, Nashville's they're they're good. Um, you know I mean, they're gonna, they're going to cruise into the playoffs, and you know, they need to get some other guys going. But I talked about it earlier, you know, a one line team, and that's what Nashville is right now. I mean, in the past, they've had scoring from their second line, which is you know, Pepsi and I used to be our favorite, Turs, Fiala, and Smith. Those guys have broken up. They haven't really gelled well. You know, they've dealt with some injuries, but the one constant for this team has been that top line. It's elite. Um, the bottom line is, you know, they're on the road. Um, uh, you know, Dallas, they'll counter with their top line, and their top line is they're essentially a one-line team as well. It's, a, it's the same situation except, you know, Nashville has been able to weather the storm, whereas Dallas, you know, they've been healthy, but they haven't really put it all together outside of their top line and it's just been a mess really to be honest with you um you know for the for the better part of the season for dallas so it's a game these are games that in these central division teams you know when it's it's not a playoff atmosphere i don't want to call it that but you know it's tight checking you know very physical and they usually amount to you know pretty low scoring games and these two teams played each other quite a bit here recently i am not seeing anything you know you know stick out um but at the same time there's potential there because you do have essentially a one-line team in nashville well my team in dallas they're going to go head to head you don't have to worry about plus minus in hockey anymore these days they're going to get a ton of ice time so i'll leave it at that uh, I, I I really don't have a strong take on this game either way. I don't think it's going to be worth paying up for these guys because it's one of my teams. It's not like they're getting any value. So for that reason, I, I probably wouldn't get too high on either side of this game. So what you're saying is Nashville is just missing um, Mike Fisher. That's that's all. He's he's too busy. <laughs> he's too busy making babies with Kerry Underwood. Like talk about talk about a great retirement. Um, you know. Let's just travel across the you know country still, but you know with my smoking hot wife, Miss um, Underwood. So yeah, well, that's well, all... do you think it's you think it's uh, you know more demoralizing the fact that she probably has made more than he has in his entire career in one year, uh, <laughs> or do you think that hey you know I, I was a professional athlete, you know I, I'm I'm dating a pretty hot country singer or I'm married to one. Um, it's interesting. You, you, you know, let's just be realistic for a second. Like he could provide for himself. Like he's made yeah. enough money. Like oh, absolutely. But you know, when you're, every when time you're, I, when, yeah, but when your broad is worth fifteen times more than you, or hundred times more than you, um, I don't know. Would that I don't think head? I'd be mad about it. Like <laughs> I wouldn't either. To be honest, like, <laughs> you know, like you know, Carrie Carrie does her thing. She's awesome. Like you know, we listen to Carrie Underwood all the time. Um. Actually, going to see her in concert in October. Um, nice. That's what that's what my wife wanted uh, for her birthday last year. 
and we thought it was this October um, that just passed. And like, I bought the tickets, and we were getting all excited, and we realized it was 2019. So I've had these tickets for a while. Um, <laughs> so, oh, man. All right, so last game here. The one thing that I do like about this hockey slate, Boggs, is like two-hour window from start to the last start mm-hmm. of games. So like you're going to have action going. You're going to be sweating this whole time. Um, Arizona... Uh, against uh edmonton uh oilers oilers yeah right um darcy kemper against cam talbot um well that can't have an ink starting he's not on the team anymore but oh well that's who i had projected so um i'm wrong um kemper's confirmed um who do we got starting on the oilers uh you know, they just traded the, the goalie. Everyone thinks it's starting, and that's just because he's their de facto starter. It's probably Koskinen. Um, they just traded Talbot to the Flyers. Um, Stolarz, or uh, he could he could start. Uh, you know, regardless, it's an interesting game to me. I mean, Arizona is a team that you know last year. They were the Buffalo Sabres of the league two years ago. He just, it was fantasy gold. You just stack a team against them, and, you know, you're probably going to do pretty good. But uh, Arizona, they, they shortened some things up. Edmonton, on the other hand, uh, they're just a, a team without an identity. Um, you know, they've dealt with coaching changes, ton of trades. The one constant, however, is the fact that they have the best player in the league, in Conor McDavid. And I've heard he's as, pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty damn good. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know if he's a Stamkos, but I heard McDan- McDavid's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll say this. From a fantasy perspective, McDavid's a lot better than Stamkos. I think the debate's up, you know, but at the same time, they McDavid's still in real life, it, you know, Shoulders, you know, a, a bigger load. Stamkos is just an offensive guy. They have point, your boy, to to, to do the dirty work against the, the team's best team, the opposition. But the Oilers, they just throw McDavid out there for 30, half the half the game, um, and that's why he. You know, I don't even I haven't looked at it recently, but he's got something like start of the year he scored, but he was involved in like every one of their teams like first 20 goals which is just unheard of i mean so it goes to show you know when i say one line team this isn't not even a one line team this is a one player team um and they've got a good <laughs> player alongside of him in dry sidle those are the only two constants on this team so i have a little bit of interest i'm i expect it to be popular but it's a spot where at times i'll say yeah you know i'll eat the chalk but you know, I can differentiate in other ways. And an easy way to do that would be to fade the, the plug uh, goon winger that is currently on their on their uh, line and, and Zach Cassian. You just don't have to play him. Um, but at the same time, if he does, you know, chip in on the goal here, then you're kind of hoping you differentiate the right way. So, I mean, it's a good, it's a good spot. It's not a great spot, but just based on the fact, you know, what McDavid does on a nightly basis, he's almost at, at times impossible to fade. I mean, I don't know how to put a, 
uh, NBA comparison, it's kind of like, you know, Harden, James Harden. You know? Harden without Chris Paul. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I won't say that. Don't quote me on that because, you know, I don't, I don't follow NBA, but I know that I've, you know, I follow all you guys on Twitter. I try and I try to delete NBA, just the, the thing, the word NBA from my Twitter. Um, but I see you guys all talk about Harden. I didn't know they went through a streak, but I mean, McDavid is the same way. He's, he's got so much talent. He checks just every box. So him and Drysaddle, if they're on the same line, they're always in play for me. I don't, if I want to get, you know, differentiate, I'll leave off a winger. Um, and just go with a little mini two game two man stack, but at the same time, you know, Cassian is, is dirt cheap. So, uh, you know, if you want to play, go for it. So, you know, as far as just pure floor, and I, I don't know what you know. I'm guessing hockey is kind of like baseball. We're not really looking for floor. We're just looking for production. Um, a, a guy could skate 25 minutes and score n- no goals or assists, and you know, you know, I, I, you know, I know that much, I guess. So, like, if you had to take somebody and just say, like, I would say, like, my best chance to score a goal on this slate would be McDavid, or would you have somebody else as that guy? You know, I wouldn't say that McDavid would get a goal, but I'd say McDavid would get you there. To get it to 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 you know reach his quote value you know you know what I mean and there's no value there's no point per dollar value in hockey just like there is in the baseball I'll say that you could pretty much there's a pretty probably a little bit of a higher floor for hockey because if McDavid I can guarantee you McDavid's out there for 25 minutes like he is on a nightly basis there's no way he's going to get a zero whereas you know. You know, your boy Mookie Betts could just have an off night and go over five. So he'd still steal a base, not like Mike <laughs> Trout. Mike Trout yeah. stinks. Real MVP. Yeah, no, and that's true. But it, it, it's about <laughs> as close to those guys, to be honest with you, as as you can get. So I mean, I would say right now, early thing, and you know, a lot of people might not get excited about that because it's not too in depth. But you know, McDavid. Probably someone that is 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 not gonna not gonna burn me. I'll say that. So what you know, pretty much from what I've I've gathered here, Boggs is we like McDavid. Arizona's on a back to back. The upside is certainly there for this guy to have a monster game. Um, if you're looking to be different, maybe stay away from Pittsburgh. Um, potentially look at Carolina. Um, you know, we talked about Tampa a little bit, um, with their potential to blow up. Yeah. Hey, I I felt like it was useful. Um, you know, I don't really have a ton of questions. Um, I was pretty much asking them as we were going on. Um, I will say that if if I had to project, like just knowing that like a a lot of new people are going to be playing, they're probably looking at Vegas, um, we're looking at like Tampa has a, the highest total um, as far as like score uh, goes. Like it's a seven goal uh, over under. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but no, I you're fine. To jump in, uh, you know, I don't think Vegas is a bad place to start. Uh, the, just the reason I don't necessarily rely on it is because you know 
think about it. You know, every game is it's either a six and a half, six, five and a half, and maybe a five total. And then you know it's it, it's a money line game, and then that's all good, fine. But it, it's a high variance sport. You know, there are power plays involved. There's so many different aspects that can just ultimately change a game that I don't necessarily think that the biggest. That's why I always rip on it on the shows. I'll say that, you know, and, and if any of the people watch our shows, you know, watch, watch me and I always say, I don't care about Vegas. I think it's a decent spot um, to start, uh, but I, I just don't rely on it. No, and we talk about this with baseball all the time, yeah. right? Like, this is yeah. something that we talk about with baseball all the time. We can find flaws in a pitcher being minus 200 all the time. You know, it's just obviously you could always start there. We we start there with basketball because Vegas tells us a lot about, you know, with the projected totals, um, you know, pace of games is usually what drives um, the basketball total. So, yeah, we use Vegas a lot when we're talking basketball, but that's not the case. When we're talking baseball, you know, baseball gives you a good idea of maybe pitchers in really good spots and like, but you have to use stats to back that up. And I'm glad that you're not a Vegas NHL guy. Um, I'm glad that you take stands, you do the research, you put in the time. Um, Boggs, you and Pepsi will be breaking down this NHL slate on Grinders Live uh, tomorrow, which, well, today, Tuesday. Uh, we're recording this night before like we always do, but you guys will be on there. Tuesday, which is today, if you're listening to this podcast in the morning, um, breaking down the slate, your final thoughts on everything going on there. I appreciate you joining me, man. Um, you know, you and Big T took me in um, Beer Maker's Money at some cornhole. We went seven games. You guys beat us four to three. It was a, it was a humiliating, humiliating defeat for me. I don't usually lose at cornhole, but hey, Boggs held his own here, and uh, Big T's legit. That guy can um, that guy can he toss a cornhole is. around. Hey, I, I gotta say, uh, believe me, I I'm pretty competitive. Uh, you know, just hoping to play some beer pong, didn't get hit out there. You know, I play some cornhole back here at home and, you know, I, I easily hustle my friends, um, you know, here, but I gotta tell you, I was the, clearly the worst, um, at least on that court we were playing on, if you want to call it that, but, uh, yeah. We I mean, were playing. Was, was all fun. right. Let, let's just sum this up really quick. The first couple of games was in the RG office. We had nowhere to move. Me and Boggs are throwing around desks while Tony and Beer have this huge open area. And then we got to the point where it got so competitive and we, we started risking some jelly beans. Um, we went out into the hallway and you still couldn't throw it too high because if you threw it too high, you'd hit the lights um, in the hallway. So I did that a neutral couple times. We both had, obviously all four of us had to play with him. Big T just, you know, he showed off and like he, he's legit. But I, I just wanted to throw it out there that we weren't playing outside, drinking some beers in the front lawn um, cornhole. But, man, it was fun. Um, oh, yeah. It's always good to see you guys. Uh, I've known Boggs for a long time. Uh, we've known each other. We've worked, We've been working together on RG for a long time. So Boggs does a great job with everything he does. 3 p.m. Eastern. Boggs and Pepsi breaking down this NHL slate on Grinders Live. Boggs, I appreciate you joining me. That's going to wrap it up here for the Tuesday edition of the Morning Grind. We'll be back tomorrow. Don't know what we're talking about yet, but we'll be back. Uh, we're either going to talk some early MLB. We're going to talk maybe some NBA strategy, or I might try to con Notorious into coming on 
and potentially talking some golf. So we'll be back tomorrow. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.